Hey, welcome to episode 60 of Hollywood Breaks. It's good to be with you today. We're welcoming back one of our favorite guests, Robert Geisen. And we had a conversation today really about cancel culture. We, we uh, were very motivated by what Dave Chappelle has going on with Netflix and the internal um, issues they're having there, having a conversation, but really the understanding of what a creative expression might look like and how that plays out in Hollywood and other repercussions that might be there. Robin is an amazing analyst, Keith's an amazing analyst. They have so much to say on this topic. Uh, this and other topics we'd love to cover today, so please stay tuned and welcome to Hollywood Breaks. I think there's accountability culture and people should be held accountable for anything that truly is offensive and intended to be offensive. But cancel culture for the sake of canceling somebody because they said something that you disagree with. Like, I think there's um, mob mentality, like we were talking about before. And then there's point of view. And somehow the lines have blurred and that's not fair. So, so I, right, kind of what we're talking about is the whole thing's happening with Dave, Dave Chappelle. But before we get right. into the, spe- the specifics of that specific movement, I'm just wondering if you guys are feeling, even just like on this recording, some pressure to change the way you say things, address things differently, because you're afraid that it might come back and haunt you, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. that everyone, everyone's a worried that they're going to say one wrong thing and that they're going to not get a job because of it or lose a job because of it, or because they said something that just one person at the company disagrees with. Um, maybe the HR person or, or maybe just someone who's super sensitive or maybe someone who's just looking to be offended because there seems to be a lot of that these days. Yeah. Cause I Here's know what I, would, I personally, okay, Keith. no, sorry. I, I, I agree with a lot. I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Robin said. I, um, I try not to tailor much of what I say. Um, and I try, cause I think that's why p- people tune into this podcast in a lot of ways, because we don't necessarily try to be fluffy or filter anything. Um, but I think, um, and for all our listeners, I encourage you to go find Bari Weiss's, uh, Substack as well as her, um, podcast. Why don't you subscribe to this one, of course, um, and go find hers. It's called, um, honestly with Bari Weiss. And I'm not saying this because she's from Pittsburgh, but that does definitely go in her favor. Um, but she has been an ardent proponent of this. And she wrote a wonderful piece for a commentary magazine that just was unpaywalled, I think, yesterday. Um, and the title of the article is this. We, get, we got here because of cowardice. So mm-hmm. she's basically saying we are in this current cultural moment with cancel culture, everything, because everyone is scared, witless. Mm-hmm. about saying something that's going to offend somebody and it's going to end their careers. Mm-hmm. We get out of it. This is the, the second half of the title. We get out of this with courage. And it starts with people like Ted Sarandos at Netflix defending Dave Chappelle. It starts with people like J.K. Rowling defending herself when people come and try to cancel her. It starts with people like Barry Weiss who quit the New York Times because she was just basically saying Twitter is the editor-in-chief of New York Times. Yeah, right. And has started out and started her own independent <laughs> thing. And there's countless examples of people quitting. There's teachers quitting schools because of critical race theory. And they try to speak out and said, you know, I'm all for in, co- in you know, bringing in some facets of anti-racism, but 
this is going too far and they're pilfered. There are professors resigning and there's UCLA professor who um, he, uh, one of his students, the students emailed him, told him he should start grading the black students differently because of what was happening over the summer. And he said, absolutely not. And the UCLA basically came after him. They investigated him for that. Even though he said, I think this is a violating of the civil rights act. And now he's suing the school. And then you have a mother out in Nevada who is suing her school because the school was forcing them to uh, each kid to sort of break down their intersection where they lie on the intersectionality chart. And the kids were like in fifth or sixth grade and he was a biracial kid. He refused to do it. So they gave him an F. She's suing the school. It starts with people being brave enough to say, okay, this is ridiculous. We can still have a conversation, disagree about how we get there, but we can't just immediately, you know, march people out to the digital guillotine and behead them if they say something we don't necessarily agree with. Well, yeah. I think let's that's add, um, let's add some more context to this too, because I so the Oakland Raiders, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders coach recently oh, got weird. fired. Yeah, recently got fired mm-hmm. from emails that he he sent, and I. I always try to read the original context, and I would admit I haven't read the original context of what was going on here, but I understand the accusation of somebody who truly has a racial bias and is expressing it and would make different decision points in the leadership position is very challenging. And you wouldn't want leadership to have, have a skew that way. I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I, I wonder like, if there isn't um, the need for... Uh, a deeper understanding because the Dave Chappelle thing that, that um, we want to talk about really is this moment where Chappelle, I believe, was saying something very specific and he truly in a comedic way made reference to every demographic almost to figure out which one, you, which one's yeah. going to come after me, setting himself up yeah. knowing that it was, might be the transgender thing. So he hit on that the most and it clearly was the first thing that came out against him. And I think he, in a very clever way, built something up there. And that's the genius of that conversation is he's trying to say something like, it's not necessarily about feelings because some of this cancer culture is doing more harm than good. And we should have an understanding of it. But it's yeah. Hollywood it has this has this interesting thing, doesn't it? Because then right afterward, he's performing at the Hollywood Bowl in front of, I don't know, like uh, Brad Pitt or something like that. Like it's it, during this whole moment, he actually is not being canceled. People are almost supporting this new conversation that's taking place. And probably if you're a celebrity, you want to have that conversation. Well, I I think with Dave Chappelle, um, you know, and this is one of the things that, uh, you know, we've, we've all talked about together before. And and I think also just with him in particular, like he's one of the greatest, you know, comedians of all time. Um, And I think he, I would argue he is, I think he's a brilliant writer. I think he is. um, He always, he's always bold it's why he's one of the greatest uh, comedians of all time. I, I don't think that his intent in any of his standups is to hurt somebody or is to go after somebody or to attack somebody. And in this case, I think that um, if you, you know, a lot of the people, the haters that are, that are yelling at him are, are only yelling at him because they're reading headlines from, you know, the press that say one thing like that, Dave Chappelle attacks the trans community when, in fact, I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was standing up um, for someone in particular, Daphne Dorman, who's his trans friend in the community. 
And, but I think that what he did um, was pretty thought provoking and um, it, you know, it shines a mirror back on the public and everybody, every one of us to make us take a step back and look at what it is, you know, what our part in all of this is too. And I think like for him, it's like, who's the bad guy here? What he did, he was showcasing the hypocrisy that exists across, you know, everyone. Is it like he can make these, or he can't make these jokes, but when Daphne Dorman goes and stands up for him on her Twitter, she gets viciously attacked. And then, you know, she ends up committing suicide, what, a few days, a week later. And he points out like, look, I don't know that it was because you guys attacked her, but I'm sure dragging her didn't help. And I think that that's really thought provoking and, and something that we should all take a step back at and really think about, you know, intent because intent matters and it often gets overlooked, especially in cancel culture. I think everybody's in such a quick hurry to identify with an oppressed group that they end up turning that person or that victim into an object instead of somebody who can actually stand up for themselves and somebody who actually has their own voice too, you know? So Hollywood's a powerful platform. It always has been, right? The entertainment industry gets people to understand things. Um, and I, I think there's some very brilliant entertainment that has personally given me some thought-provoking ideas, have helped me understand a piece of culture I, I don't have any exposure to any other way, except for a documentary or a film about a people group. And I think it's fascinating. It's an amazing human experience to go through and be able to watch somebody else or have a different point of view explained to you or a story told told you in a certain way. So I, I like that part. There's clearly agendas of certain filmmakers or television show creators that they are pushing a, a certain bias that they have, which helps them get their voice heard and other other agendas out there. But and that's on all sides, conservative, liberal, progressive, non-progressive, whatever the whatever their your category is, there are all the spectrum is out there. Totally. That's why the dialogue exists. But I, I always believe that Hollywood gave the like the core of the dialogue. I felt like in my experience, I would go watch a film and then I would take that into a real human uh, uh, conversation I was having. We'll call it the water cooler moment where you were, when you bring it to work and you say, holy crap, crap, I saw this amazing film last night. And you want to start explaining and talking to others about it. And I love that part of it. Today, mm-hmm. I feel like if you saw something, you're almost afraid to turn it to any community. Unless yeah. you, you're, you're, even people you're related to. I was going to say unless you're related to them. But even totally. though people you're related to, you don't want to have that conversation with. Totally. And I think yeah. that's where the change is happening. It's is the inability to have the dialogue anymore. Um, yeah, because people I, I, don't want to offend anybody. And, yeah. and it's almost not even worth it to just say anything. Uh, because you don't want to get attacked. Well, and, you don't and it's to- not, is it, I don't want to offend somebody or that I, I'm afraid if I offend somebody, they will attack me or publicly shame me before they direct, mm-hmm. yes. uh, deal with me directly. Yeah. Where I yeah, know I've offended yeah. people in the past, but there was a direct communication to me. Right. I mean, there was an open conversation. So I could say, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. I, you know, right. whatever that learning moment is, I almost feel like we can't learn anymore. Learning, learning happens and- precisely because you know, we do have that dialogue and that's where it's important. Like you can't ever beat somebody into submission, uh, like to believe what you believe. Right. Like, so now it's just, it's a very, you know, it's a very dangerous place that we're living in right now. It's not, it's, it's unfortunately it's not. And I don't know. I hope, you know, like 
the economy tends to go, not just economy, but the world in general. I think there's always this pendulum where it goes one way into the next way. And hopefully this pendulum starting to swing back. I hope, you know, and maybe Dave Chappelle is that pendulum. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I think it it's going to come down to what Mari pointed out in her article. We mm-hmm. need people to start standing up to it and having the courage and the big names that are doing it now because they can afford it. Like they can stand up because they've got gobs of money and they're never really going to truly be canceled. Um, But there are the, the, the smaller communities of smaller people in communities elsewhere. I don't mean smaller, but you know what I mean? um, Don't necessarily have that, that, that cachet to push back. But at the same time, I think a lot of what we're saying now, I think 85 to 90% of people working in Hollywood would agree with everything we're saying. Um, But the problem is they don't really have the courage to stand up to it because as Tim pointed out, they don't want to be attacked. And because there's no willingness to sit down and have conversations or people just knee jerk apologize versus actually explaining what mm-hmm. they were trying to accomplish yeah. often leads to the misunderstanding. And then we just go down this, this rabbit hole of accusatory finger pointing, and then everyone sort of mobs up. And then that person just backs down because they, you know, they, they, they feel they have no choice. Um, well, a case in point of this and particularly in the creative space is Lin-Manuel Miranda after, mm-hmm. you know, in the Heights, a movie yeah. about Spanish uh, you know, Washington Heights and, you know, the Puerto Rican community. And he got dragged through the mud because it didn't have uh, accurate representation of um, the darker skinned Puerto Ricans or something like, and he just caved in and apologized and I'm learning, I'm understanding. It's like, dude, you didn't do it on purpose. That wasn't like you purposely, it's just, you were telling the story, you know, like you didn't have to apologize, just explain and you would have survived it. But even he, with all his gobs of Hamilton cash, mm-hmm. he, he gives in. And until we get more people that sort of have the courage to stand up to this and sort of push back and and even in the smaller spaces, the more you people try to engage more with the community and start finding people who are willing to help them to stand up to it, mm-hmm. we're never going to get ourselves out of this hole. It's just going to be an ending feed loop. And you go back to sort of um, Peggy Newton's column from last week, and she talked a little bit about this. She said people in Hollywood, they love their jobs because they're, they pay so well. And, you know, it's fun to work in Hollywood and it's fun to make movies. They don't want to lose their jobs. But at the same time, we're sliding into this weird, almost things that 20 years ago, if you would have described it to somebody 20 years ago, they say, well, that's only good. That's only, that can only happen in China and Russia. That's never happened here. And we are literally in the point where people are afraid to say things. They're afraid to do anything because there is a Yeah, but I'm going to say like, um, I don't know if 20 years ago is always the greatest moment either. If you're talking about 2000, think about the issues that Ellen was having being an openly gay woman on television like that that's 20 years ago also yeah. so there's there are issues of 20 well, years no, ago what I, what I'm saying that is we were I'm saying, saying that we want to work through yeah yeah right. obviously obviously the idea is that we need to always improve there's we're never going to be yeah. perfect and I'm not saying that it was perfect but that my point is 20 years ago you you could still 
technically offend people and it wasn't looked upon as like violent. It was the dialogue was open is what I think it is. So that yes, like, 20 exactly. years ago, because of the, what Ellen brought to the stage, we, we had an open dialogue and, and progress. And Will and Grace, made, for example, pretty, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. opened the doorway. Like, so well, here, there was here's abs- what I, here's what I think Hollywood's choice is though. in response is that we're actually not making any progress in the entertainment industry at all. Right. Because we're now new ideas or genuine ideas or things that are open for for um, for conversation just aren't happening, and then we're stuck with the good old simple storylines, so repeated stories over and over and over again that don't really show any advancement of a creative field. It just shows the commoditization of something we already think is safe. Um, and I think that Hollywood now is kind of st- stuck in a rut of what what is the next big entertainment or creative movement that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I will also, I just want to say one thing about all of this too, because I do think that Keith is right, that it, it is about us having the courage, but I also think that it's about um, our news media and um, all of these outlets who have this power, um, these platforms, you know, they need the news media. I mean, it's almost time to reintroduce the fairness doctrine. You know what I mean? Like when you think about, because everyone's making, uh, everyone's trying to get the headline and every single, instead of actually telling you what the story is, they're telling you what, you know, some clickbait in order to get you to engage with it. Right. Um, And who can be the most bold, who can be like, I want them to read my column or I want them to, stay if you're twitter i want you to keep engaging with my content or facebook right which is what facebook is getting in trouble for right now with the whistleblower and honestly i think they should be getting in trouble for that like and this is where and it kind of relates to us too and we've been having this issue in entertainment with these tech companies forever where we've been asking for transparency like what are we paying for exactly when we're paying for advertising on your platforms like what exactly are we getting here how many times are you recommending you know, this video over this video, I want to see the transparency there. And, um, and I think that I, I, I mean, it's gonna, I was saying this to you guys before that Tristan Harris does this podcast called your undivided attention, um, which, um, you guys should do like a mutual podcast with them. It would be great. Um, I don't know him, but I would love to know him and meet him. Cause I think he's brilliant. And, um, but he also does, he also worked on um, the social dilemma and he's pointing out, you know, how all of these companies are, um, in, you know, enraging in order to engage, which is not healthy. And it's, it is, it is much of the reason why we're in this culture that we're in today is because, you know, and they have no responsibility. They're taking no responsibility for it. They're just saying, oh, you know, we're letting the people say what they want to say, and we don't want to censor anybody because it's free speech. And but there's a difference between free speech and free reach, and um, and they're right. And it's just it's it's really fascinating to take an in depth dive there on that, and and watch. Um, that's why I say watch the social dilemma because it really is um, fascinating and highlight like it really highlights it for you. But also the news media, you know, Keith, to your point, like we all need to be braver and we all need to stand up for you know, what we're saying and also say, that's not what I intended and like, stop it right there. Cause that's not, you know, these are the conversations we should be having and we should be able to have grace and empathy and forgiveness for anybody who says 
everybody says something, the wrong thing. Everybody says something they want to take back. Sometimes they want to take back a lot of things that they say, or they're not as articulate as they want to be like, but that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, it doesn't mean they should get canceled for something that comes out of their mouth. If they're just trying to talk, like that's, that that's not, that's just not. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Joe Rogan, Sanjay Gupta interview. Um, it's really interesting because you have two people on different sides of, the, of a political agenda having a, a really great conversation, by the way. When we're talking about the dialogue and conversation that's necessary, yeah, I think what Joe Rogan and Sanjay did was, or Sanjay did was great. Um, yep. But there's an interesting moment where, where Joe Rogan is saying to Sanjay, like, you're the, it wasn't exactly what I said, but it was along the lines like, you're the head medical advisor, the head medical face on, on a news network. And your news network said that I was taking horse dewormer, not, <laughs> not, not medicine, but horse dewormer. Yeah. And I wasn't, dude. He says, I can freaking afford <laughs> human medicine. And I was taking human <laughs> medicine prescribed by a doctor. Oh, dear. And your yeah. network. And Sanjay's like, no, not exactly. He's like, dude, dude, your, your network was saying it to manipulate people to believe this stuff. And you have, yeah. and it was awesome. He just called them out. And I, well, I right love that, that there's, there's a fair. platform that allows for that. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, we, we couldn't have, this is what we love about what's happening is that the technology is allowing Joe yeah. Rogan to have a platform that is yes. not right. necessarily censored. I think it's, it's, it's no longer on YouTube because YouTube censors them, but it's on Spotify, but it well, allows let me, let me the take voice that. of Joe Rogan to push out there. Yeah. Let me take that and, and put it into context too, for our listeners is like, so what comes out of that interview? If you're a, you know, super left-leaning outlet is, is Joe Rogan taking horse tranquilizers, right? That's your headline versus no. a very right-wing outlet saying the left is accusing Joe Rogan of taking horse tranquilizers. Like they're, they're saying the same thing, Robin. they're not even the better thing, than that. Right? Because if you're on a right side, they say Joe Rogan takes down Sanjay and, and, and CNN. You're but right. Then, yeah. Yeah. The yes. next day, yes. the next day after this interview, Sanjay is on CNN being interviewed by a CNN anchor about his conversation with Joe Rogan. And yeah. they say, what a great job you did explaining to Joe Rogan how the right. exactly really said, works. Yeah. Yeah. And he and the biggest thing was that Sanjay said was, yeah, I had to talk to him for three hours. And it's really difficult to talk for three hours. That's the CNN scoop of this conversation yeah. that took place. Right. They weren't even on it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely you know, just watch it. Just watch the interview every, yourself. You can. Yeah. 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 Everyone I just retreats. Watch the news, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> everyone like just retreats news. to their, their bias. And it, it is right. the way that the cable new networks are set up and the way everything is works. It's like, why, why do people have to choose between yeah. Rachel Maddow or Laura Ingram. Like why? Yeah. Like why? Yeah. And you don't have to necessarily. Like the good news is there are a lot of platforms out there. And like I said, Vario Weiss is, has a great sub stack. Glenn Laurie and John McWhorter have a wonderful podcast. Oh, I and love they, John McWhorter. He's so and good. If, and if they were as famous as like Ingram Kendi, uh, you know, who knows where we'd be in this whole conversation. But yeah. the bottom line is people just retreat. And I think again, there has to be a little bit of responsibility on us as a culture to sort of put, pull back and say, why are we letting these ideologues yeah. drive the conversation? Right. And I, that's, and again, it goes back to their, 
you know, a lot of the institutions that drive the culture right now have been completely overrun by the, you know, the woke left. And there's just a lack of any sort of courageous leadership to say, whoa, enough of that. We got We got to slow yeah. the roll here. We, you know, we're, 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 we're going a little bit, this is, this is a little bit off the rails and nobody wants to do that. And again, it goes back to there being a little bit of courage. And I, I don't really know what the solution is. I don't think it's like, oh, let's bring back the fairness doctrine to counter your point, Robin. I don't think that's yeah. the solution. I think it's got to be a little bit responsibility sort of on us and our, in our, in our communities and yeah. start focusing on local issues Stop make nationalizing every little thing that happens yeah. and make it like a big to do. Focus on working on your smaller communities. And you see that in some of the school board meetings that are happening. More people are getting engaged locally. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. You get away from listening to what Laura Ingram and Rachel Maddow say and just find for yourself. Like go out and find the information for yourself. Yeah. I know it it's it's easier said than done, but that is part of being in this country. You have to take responsibility yeah. for for yeah. where you find your news, and you have to. You, there has to be a little bit of responsibility on us. Like you know, me as I'll give myself an example, just to say I'm not sitting here, you know, on my high horse. I don't let my kids watch TV much. I don't let them play with my phone. I don't let them near iPads because I know how toxic that stuff is. So I keep yeah. them away from it. But it starts there. And neither does Robin. Robin's uh, baby does also does not watch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, she's seven months, so she's not watching a lot of anything these days. But uh, no, my four. But, but I'm saying it. But what I'm saying yeah. is that's where it starts. It starts with simple things like that. It's it does. going out. It's engaging with your neighbors again. I was having a conversation yeah. with my mom just yesterday, and she's like, "I go to parties, and the parents stay sometimes." She's like, "I can't even." Like when I was, when you was your, I just drop you off and go, or you just go outside and play and hang yeah. out with the neighborhood kids. That doesn't happen anymore. We got to get away from that. I mean, Crash, which was a movie that was made, what, 20, 15 years ago, is all about LA and the fact that nobody talks to each other in LA yeah. because it's yeah. like everyone's in a little hovel and nobody, and until you just, and then it explodes. Right. Well, we there's ideology and there's identity. And I think that's where people think if somebody's ideology, they're, they're thinking that their ideology is the same as their identity. And it's not just because somebody has a point of view on something doesn't mean that's who they are. So, but the people think that it's an attack on who they are just because it's an attack on something that they believe. Right. So then everybody ends up kind of fighting against each other and there's no, like there's, we need to have empathy again. We need to take a step back. And I think to me, it's about all, it's all about intent And I agree. The community thing is so important. And I was saying like, you know, if you're, you know, you're watching YouTube and you're watching these videos and that look, they're trying to keep you on there. That's why they keep feeding you all the content that you're watching. And if you're watching, um, I use this example, like let's say you're a a volleyball aficionado and you're watching volleyball videos and they feed you a video, they'll feed you something that's like this outlandish, crazy volleyball video of somebody getting hit in the face and, or watch this person, you know, watch this person get taken out by this volleyball and you just sit there and keep watching because they want to keep you online so that they can, you know, sell their advertising space and make money. It's all about money. But instead, like, where's that healthy, like, if you're that platform, where is your, you have to take that role 
of, I think you should, you'd have to take that role personally. I think that's the right thing to do. I understand that doesn't help their business, but it could help their business if they find healthy ways to have people engage with their content. And that's where I say like, have something on the side that say, oh, you like volleyball? Here's all the volleyball games that are happening in your neighborhood this week. Here's how to join a volleyball volleyball team in your community this week. Use your actual geolocation for something that's helpful versus something that's like, and that helpful stuff makes money too, by the way. Like there's ways to do it and still make money, like, but to be ethical about it. And, and, but that's, so, you know, that takes so we more only time. Have a few- few minutes left, but, but both you guys are, both you two are analysts. You advise filmmakers, creators, actors um, in this field to take on certain projects, market those projects, get the voice out there. Um, you know, with, with this in mind, and kind of obviously the context of other parts of Hollywood that are shifting and changing, mm-hmm. what what's your angle on on helping people make a choice of creating content nowadays, would you, would you recommend, or are you guys, do you guys feel boldish enough to recommend that, that Dave Chappelle go on and make the, the piece that he made? Would that be something you would be willing to support and accept yeah. the backlash for it? And you think that studios should continue that stuff? Or do you feel like there is a different strategic play um, to be played out um, in today's environment? Well, so I'll go first. I think I think it's two separate things. So number one, I think people, filmmakers and actors and actresses, I don't think anyone should be stopped from making any story they want to tell. Like, I, I think that we need to hear every story that's out there. That's That to me is why I got into movies. I love storytelling and I love the movies. I, I can't get enough of that. I don't think that that needs to change. I absolutely recommend that if someone has an idea that they're passionate about, that they should explore it. Um, but to take it to a theater versus taking it to streaming versus taking it to, you know, what distribution outlet, I think that is where the conversation is. And it becomes like, you know, what is, is this worthy of going to a theater? And I don't know if it's even worthy because that's not the right way to say it. Cause it's that, that implies that streaming content isn't, which isn't right. Like I think streaming, I think there's good content, um, for streaming and there's good content for theatrical, but that's where, Distribution nowadays, theatrical distribution needs to redefine that movie going experience so that they can, we need to, and to me, redefining it means like, what's an event and what isn't? It doesn't mean that only Marvel movies go to theaters. It means event movies go to theaters. So like Halloween this weekend, Halloween is a complete event. It's opening up this month, leading into Halloween, like two weeks going into it. Like that's completely that's an event. And it obviously showed it showed at the box office. People came, right? But that like, sounds like Robin, you um, you want the, lead, the leadership to be bold as well. So you're asking for yeah. bold leadership in Hollywood to be willing yes. to put information out there, but also means changing the scorecard. We're not just looking at blockbuster numbers or total gross receipts. There's gotta be yeah. other ways of recognizing and understanding the scale of, a, of entertainment and its impact. Um, so yes. that's a, that's a, that's what your request is. It's like, you're, advising creators to push it and then um, advising leaders to kind of accept it and be willing to take the role with the punches. Oh, I'm, I'm advising you? creators to create and based off of their passion on whatever they want to make. And I'm advising leadership to, um, to take a look at whatever it is, all of the content that they have and decide what outlet is best for it 
it, 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 look, this is yeah. where marketing. But be bigger than be bigger than a cancel culture, or be bigger than oh, uh, low yeah. box office numbers for something you weren't expecting. Like be bigger than the, just the basic scorecards out there. Like know well, what your long term agenda is and and be able to live by it. Find yeah. ways to deal. To me, cancel culture is just another challenge in the marketplace. Right? Like it's what I was saying with Pepe Le Pew on our last podcast. They ran from that when I actually, as a marketer, saw that as a complete blessing and I would have taken it the complete opposite direction and found an opportunity to create a new character in Pepe Le Pew and make something that's more fun with it. Mm. And that's actually, that to me is, that's the fun of marketing, right? Like it, it's, yeah. it's, we always, there's challenges everywhere on every single one of my movies. favorite examples of all recent thing. Pepe Le Pew is not in the film, but the clockwork orange guys are in the film. That yeah. is, right. yeah, right. So, I echo a lot of what Robin says. I agree that it's it's all about the venue. I have conversations every day about where, where should I pitch my project? Is this a theatrical play? Is it a streaming play? Right. But I, one thing I would push back on is the idea that any like telling any story and all stories should be told that is not going to happen in today's Hollywood. It's just not, that's just the reality of leadership right now. They are not, it's like what I just referenced earlier. They're scared out of their wits to lose their job. They don't want to take any risks. So that's why a lot of the entertainment is feeling rote. It feels like it's the same thing over and over again. That's why you get only big Marvel movies like Venom and you're getting the retreads of things from the 90s. And that's why certain outlets like Daily Wire are popping up. Because they went and made a movie with Gina Carano, who was fired from The Mandalorian because she tweeted something. She apologized for it. But she got eviscerated and destroyed for it. Yeah. And Disney was the, was the executor of that sort of public shaming. So right. again, it's like, I, I echo and I love you're right. You're hundred percent right. I'm saying the they should. Thing, the, the great yeah. industry, the great thing about movies is the storytelling, but the storytelling is always until we shake ourselves from this whole sort of cancel culture, sort of mob mentality, that's not going to happen. It's people are just going to continually make the same stories that are not going to offend. And if, if they do make a story that's a little controversial, it's always going to make sure that it keeps the Twitter mob happy. Now, well, whether here's or not- what I would argue. I would argue that they are making content, hence Dave Chappelle, happening right now. In that's front of one. Us, so that's one. That's one person. That, that's one. And we don't even know if that's going to hold because Reed, both Reed and Ted are getting raked through the coals. True. We'll yeah. see if they hold. I don't know if they're going to hold. They might not hold. If they do, kudos to him, to them. But that's one company. Yeah. Right. Well, that's where Ted, and, what Ted is doing is totally opposite of what HBO Max is doing, which is like supporting yes. the creator, backing them up, understanding the context and saying, no, this is a creative venue opposed to like just giving in, right. catering in and going for like and by the way, Wall Street. Just to go back to your Pepe Le Pew example, that was brought up by a New York Times columnist and immediately HBO Max, one guy wrote a columnist column about Pepe Le Pew and rape Being culture offensive. and they pulled it. And that's where I go. Like, there's no courage there. There's no courage. They're not going to say like this guy. Okay. I know. That's his opinion. We're yeah. not, it's a cartoon relax, but I, that's why I push back a little bit on 
your the idea that maybe oh well they don't want to just tell stories well guess what there's one company that seems to be willing to buck the trend one and that's it so until that changes a little bit and i would also argue cancel culture is more it's more than just a a market issue i think it goes deeper than that oh i agree i agree i think i think until there is again i i mean i'm I'm hammering barry weiss's column but until there's courageous leadership right this isn't this is not going to change so what i usually tell my clients and i go back to you know i i reference this quite often because it's so brilliant it's with it goes to tim's advice of like just knowing your audience figuring out who the audience don't just show up and say i want to make this i'm like okay well whoa 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 what is the context of this how, who's who's the audience for this? And then let's figure out where that audience is. If it's something that you feel could do really well, sort of opening small and then going big, or right. something that maybe plays better on you know in the middle of the country versus the coast, then maybe you start there. So I mean, there's opportunities for sure, but until there is a real sort of shift and sort of a, a, a realization that yes, there are stories that everyone's story could should be told. But until there's a way of circumventing the current Hollywood system, and I think, again, as I said, I think Daily Wire's moving yeah. down that road of you know pulling back and pushing back against sort of the studio monoliths, I think um, we're, we're not going to see that much drastic change in sort of the movies and the content we see. So I mean, we'll yeah, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I think that... Um, the only thing I would say is like, this is an opportunity for Hollywood to, exactly you know, to, to take it, take the reins. And also like, I don't, I also, I don't think everything has to be political either. Like that, that's no. where, um, and it shouldn't be right. Like that's why people are going to see Venom is because they don't, they just want to escape. Right. But I think, um, you know, I, I do think that we, maybe there's something to be said, um, I mean, this is a huge culture change. That's a giant culture change. And that can be movie goings part or movie theaters and movie studios, not movie theaters, but movie studios and creators. Like that's their part in all of this. What's, you know, what's your role in the culture that is happening right now? And um, just like it could be with news, like to me, instead of having a left wing outlet and the right wing outlet, just attacking each other, let's have one outlet with both people to actually talk about it. And I don't know. Maybe um, that could be a good idea. Maybe that's a good yeah. idea. I don't know. And I think you're hitting on it. Well, like, that, that, the that, alternative is to segment out everything, right? Which is what we're doing right now because the platforms yeah. allow for such a broad release. Anybody that has an internet connection, as we know, we're doing it right now. We're in a connection, make a piece of content. Yeah. So we segment things out and, Therefore, you just have piles of different uh, agendas and different um, influences pushing against each other instead of trying to mm-hmm. open up a conversation that might be something different. But I also well, think that well, the I, I, in, the, in the studios need yeah. to recognize what the play out is of this. Because if we keep on segmenting things out and you only, you know, Keith, to your point, the way you advise your clients is to recognize like there are specific markets and we want to hit those markets specifically because you're making content for them. Um, right. But I, I also want the, those segments to not be too pushed um, to one extreme to the other so that the other side doesn't get a chance to hear it. And I think back in the day of just three television mm-hmm. networks, three, three television channels, we kind of, you know, too much was not ever broadcast, right? Uh, husband and wife sleeping in separate beds is also a very odd cultural expression of, of how humans actually are. 
but so you can have it could be too conservative and too censored um, when it's too small of a demographic. But if it's too too broad and too wide, we also never hear each other. And I think that's that's the fear. So we well, it is an issue to navigate nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that you we bring that up because I, I think if you pull back and it's it's just because you talk I, I talked about Laura Ingram and Rachel Maddow. So Rachel Maddow averages what I'm, I'm guessing here. These numbers could be wrong. Mm-hmm. 1.9 to 2 million people, maybe a night. And someone like a uh, Tucker Carlson's like 2.3, 2.4 million. That's like four and a half million people out of 350 million people in this country yet. That drives mm-hmm. so much of what we talk about on a regular basis. And I think that's part of the problem, obviously. And, you know, you could say Twitter's not real world, but guess what? It kind of is because it drives a lot of the culture conversations we have. And it's because there are people just literally sitting there. Well, I'm also going to say, like that Tucker Carlson, the two people that you just chose, and you're right. Those are those are the two people who are representing. So you were right to choose those two people. But they're also two of the most angry people on both sides. Right. <laughs> That's very true. And so yes. think about think about why we're feeling that way. Right. Like, let's why are we putting the two most angry people instead of someone who's objective, who has empathy? Because neither one of them have empathy for the other side at all. Well, would anybody watch, Robin? That's the question. As much as we both we both desire something like that. The question then is, is would the A.I. allow that to be seen and pushed to the front of people's news feeds? Right. That's the first thing. Did the algorithms reward that kind of motive motivation anyway? But But they're the problem. Like we're well, rewarding know, horrible behavior. Yes, yes, yes. And that's and where I think it takes more take... of a bold move of a real human stepping in, Ted yes. Sarandos stepping in, saying, I'm an actual human being. I can actually watch a piece of content. I understand what the expressive nature was. It's a creative mo- movement, and I'm not allowing a small demographic that has a better AI to promote that voice right. or everything else to, to rule right now. Even right. though, like inside of Netflix, there should be com- needs the conversation could take place too. I guarantee it, right? There's going to be more conversations oh, as part of yeah. this. Like, what are we giving into, and and how are we allow this to take place? Um, but that's, what we want. that's how a healthy culture grows. Yeah, it's tricky, yes, and I, I you know, I I don't necessarily. Um, I'm not necessarily jealous of the jobs that you guys have to do in advising people and helping navigate through this stuff. I think these are the decision points we have of like. I get where I want to go in the future. I also understand what the context is at the moment. And mm-hmm. if I'm making a film, I'm making an investment and want to make any progress, maybe baby steps are better than uh, than nothing at all. But baby steps are not as great as big steps. So we want all, you know, everything, we want everything to happen right now. And I think there are these, that's why people hire you guys. This, we need the strategy to navigate through all these more complicated decisions. Um, well, we, we never even got to the IACI. We never got to the IATSE strike. There's so many things we could talk about. <laughs> Robin, you inspired. What are you going to do? <laughs> we just need hours uh, of Robin. Bond, Helene. Hours and hours, hours and hours. Let's do this. Bond looks to cross 100 million today. Yay, go Bond. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, hopefully people will continue to come out and see it. Um, Halloween, yay, north of 50 million. That's tremendous and wonderful for any horror genre. I think that's great. Um, you know, good things. Those are good things happening. Maybe there's light at the end of this COVID tunnel. Who knows? That's great. Maybe Try to be optimistic. Keith, Keith, Robin got a speed round. You get a speed round. Ten seconds. What are the things that we didn't cover today? You that you want to give shout out to? Uh, she she got a lot of them actually. I mean, obviously it's great. Iotsi strike uh, avoided. 
we'll see if it, I've heard rumblings that the membership's not entirely thrilled. So we'll see, uh, see how this shakes out. But I think it, it's a good thing for the business that this strike has been avoided. Totally. And um, hopefully this, again, I, I echo, and I'll say one more thing about Halloween, 50 million, and it was day and date on Peacock. And yeah. Peacock was number one on Apple iTunes downloads. So obviously a great day for Donna Langley and Universal. So Yay, go Universal. Go Uni. We love you guys. That's great news. Um, yeah. My 10 seconds is, is I saw um, I saw James Bond. Great film. Everyone should see it. I saw it in IMAX. It was awesome. Even though Keith has ruined my theater going experience because I smelled <laughs> popcorn the entire time. And his voice was in my head the entire time. Oops. But a great film. I still have questions about why we keep grabbing 1990s content and bringing it into 2020. I think I'm going to be harping on this as much as bad Netflix movies for the next five years until someone figures out we do not need to recreate the 1990s. We need more no, of what Dave don't. Chappelle is doing. We need things that are understanding and yeah. things that are pushing us forward and making us listen. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate I think you guys. Everybody just needs to have good you know let's have some good juju right like people need yes. to have good good vibes against each other always look on the bright side of life <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you and what not and on that note. <laughs> all right thank you thank you both it's been awesome um, thank you I, for we should just do hours of this on a, on a regular basis because you guys are incredible Indeed. Um, and if you like what you saw today, please feel free to subscribe. Tell your friends about us. If you hate what you uh, heard today, please, Robin's email, direct email address is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. And we want to hear <laughs> more of it. Robin, it's great to have you aboard. We love love it. And uh, Thanks for keep having your smile you going. We appreciate you. Keith, until next week, we have more guests coming up. So stay tuned. And uh, we do. I need to thank Thank those people behind the scenes that are helping us all the time. Um, we have Lydia, who produces the show for us. We appreciate you. The Go Social team is always doing something else um, for us, making great things happen, push those images. So we want to thank them, Connor, for the research that you do for us. And I'm missing somebody. Lydia, who am I missing? Anyways, if I missed you, I wanted to Michelle. thank you too. Michelle. Michelle, thank you very much for the help and support you have. Actually, uh, Lydia's team is amazing, by the way. So, um, uh, I'll leave all that you have going on. So, we'll see you all next week. And thank you for watching Hollywood Breaks. Thank you. Bye.